Talking to anti-vaxxers is always interesting. Effectiveness or efficacy, who knows where we'll end up today. Hi, I'm Rohan and this is the Bring the Facts podcast with Dr. Ian Copeland, a PhD geneticist and infectious disease expert who loves to invite anti-vaxxers to prove their claims to predictably hilarious results. Today we have our special guest, Cole Collins, with us to explore her position that mRNA vaccines do not work. Let's say you're in for a treat. Let's get to it. Well, 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 here we are again. Well, well, well. You're at least on time. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, punctuality is important. It's always good to be on time for one's demise. Hmm, that's clever. I'll let you pick the subject, though. Uh-huh. Mr. Jones, what's the word? Just here maintaining, man, trying to survive these mean Vegas streets. You know the deal. I do, in fact, know the deal, my good friend. Well, we have uh, we have uh, Cole here, and Cole has uh, graciously agreed to come and debate debate the, the vaccine, and we appreciate that. And uh, so, firstly, we're going to allow Cole to introduce herself in fairness to her so we can see who we're talking to and, uh, you know, what information she wants to share about herself before we go ahead and get started with this uh, tomfoolery. Uh, well, I am a mother of four unvaccinated children. My first one was injured by his first Hep B vaccination. Um, so that's what set me on this path. And I have my bachelor's uh, in science and psychology, bachelor's of science and psychology, and I'm working on my um, Juris Doctorate. I'm two thirds of the way done, but you know, it's a long process. I am married and I don't know, I find much joy in assaulting pro-vaxxers on X. So I feel like it was probably pertinent to take on you since you challenge everybody and they never take you on, right? Well, I mean, some do, but it always ends up in a bunch of ad hominem, right? Personal attacks, it doesn't really amount to conclusions or solutions or understandings or anything like that. So maybe we can have some of that tonight instead of all of the other stuff that always goes on. I'm going to call you stupid. It's not an ad hominem, it's true. So that's the way ad this room works? is actually an attack outside of the topic. Cole, 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 you're not going to start interrupting me? We're not going to do that. I didn't interrupt you. You're not going to interrupt me. I wasn't, I wasn't complete yet. Control yourself. So like I was saying, go ahead and mute up again because you have a loud background. Thank you. Like I was saying, see, already we haven't got started. You already have an emotional outburst. You ask for decorum, and then you have emotional outbursts. Can you time. even imagine being like, I'm going to call you stupid, but you're the one who's Cole, emotional? Cole, imagine, Cole, just Cole, imagine. Cole, Cole, you're getting emotional. Relax. Keep your emotions in check. You couldn't even keep your emotions in check before we got in this space. Cole, because you're a clown, but we're going to get there. Just be patient. It's coming, I promise you. Well, let's just get to it. And you can pick the subject, you can pick the science, and we will debate it. Cole, Cole, I understand that in your privileged life, you think that you're in charge all the time. You're not in charge here. Well, I am, so like because I, this is my debate as well. Oh, you're not. Because yes, only one I of am. us can use that. Oh, oh, you're in charge? Do you think you're in charge? I know I'm in charge. All right, say it again. 
I am. You see what happened? I muted you. You're not in charge. You see what happens? I came back. <laughs> You're not in charge. Oh, voice is fine. So, so let, 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 let's go ahead and get and get to. Uh, Rowan, did you want to introduce yourself really quickly before we uh before we uh get going? Not really. I just want to say say the room rules. Like the room rules. Like for me, that's the only thing. There's only one rule. If you make a claim, you got to provide some evidence to support your claim, and you and I'll pin it to the top of the room, and then we'll go through it. That's it. Okay, so so I guess I'll get started then. So I'm going to make a claim. And I'm going to see if Cole agrees with the claim or disagrees with the claim. I think that mRNA-based vaccines deliver a benefit where they decrease the risk of hospitalization and death by a significant margin and compared to unvaccinated people. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Um, I feel like I reserve most of my opinions when it comes to the mRNA vaccines because there has not been long-term studies and they kind of um, fucked up the control study by distributing it to most of the population. So I feel like most of the information that we get now from both sides, from the anti and from the pro, I just don't put much faith in it. But if that's what the science says, I would be interested in seeing the study and seeing the methods that they used and where they collected their data from and so on. Okay, great. So I'm going to post that up right now. I'm going to post up the clinical trial data. And while I'm doing that, you said that, and I'm quoting you now, you said that they fucked up the clinical trial data. So now I'll ask you to explain how clinical trials are conducted and how it is exactly that they fucked up. Let's hear it. It's not necessarily that they, I didn't say they messed up the clinical trials. I said that they messed up the control group for the population when it comes to um, reducing hospitalization, because the only way that you can um, properly know if it's working on the population is to collect from the population. And in the clinical studies, there just wasn't enough of people participating or enough, um, like, sorry, I got all messed up. But um, I don't feel that there was enough transparency when it came to who was getting the vaccines and who wasn't because everybody, I, I'm, I'm all messed up and I would really like to restart. I'm sorry. But, um, what? Sorry, I was pulling up the, the study that you brought up. Um, but where I come from, or what I was saying from, where I believe that they messed up the um, population control is I look at the people that are in front of me and I watch how their health is deteriorated between being vaccinated and unvaccinated. And like I said before, with the studies, I don't put much weight in them, whether it's the pro or the anti, because okay. I don't think that we understand COVID and what it has okay. done to everybody and what the vaccine okay. has done to everybody. And we distributed it at okay. the same time. So you it, it, so you can't, you're not supposed to distribute a vaccine during a pandemic because it creates all of these other variants. Okay. And cool. Cool. You got to stop because you're saying like 50 points. So, so okay, so we're going to take one point at a time and you said a lot of bullshit just now. Okay, so I have the study data up. 
to the top of the room for people that are listening. I'll read the title. I'll read from this. And this is from the New England Journal of Medicine, published in 2020. Safety and efficacy of the BNT162B2 mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. And if you click that, that title into Google or wherever, wherever searching you'd like to um, look at, you're going to see that this is a double-blinded uh, clinical trial. And you're going to see that they actually did use a placebo, which is a, that's a lot of lies. Antivaxxers that didn't use a placebo. That's that's cap. That's that's a lie. They use a placebo. It's actually right here in the medicine section of the study, and they showed 94 percent efficacy of the vaccine in the study. And let me see if I can find how many people were actually involved in the study. Oh, a whopping 43,000 people underwent random uh, randomization. So. I'm going to just take a couple of points of what you said there, Cole. So the first thing that you said was you said that they didn't have enough people in the studies. And then you said they messed up the study from the population standpoint. There's only one way to assess the efficacy of a vaccine. And, and maybe this is a term issue. Do you know the difference between efficacy and effectiveness? Which one are you talking about? Do you know the difference? Do I know the difference? Um, I know that in efficacy, when they're referring to a vaccine, when they say that it is 94% effective, I believe that's the number that you said, that means that that doesn't mean that 94% of the population is protected from the virus. That means that. That's not what I asked. I asked you, did you know the difference between effectiveness and efficacy? You're stalling. What's the answer to the question? I was answering the question, my understanding of the difference in efficacy and effective. Okay, what's the difference? Tell me again, because you didn't answer the question. What's the difference? The difference in efficacy when we were talking about vaccines is when they say 94% effective, 94% effective doesn't mean that everybody is 94% protected. That means that 6% of the vaccinated do not I'm gonna ask show any time. antibody reactions at all. You, now, I'm going to ask you one more time. No, no, stop. I'm going to ask you one more time because you're, you're bullshitting. I'm going to ask you one more time. No, I'm going to continue to answer I'm the questions the way that I want to. No, no, you're not. You're going to answer the question that I asked you. I asked you a very clear and succinct and, and, and very specific question that you have not answered. I'm going to ask you a third time. So now. do you want me to say yes what? or no? Is what? that what you're looking no, no, for? No. Here, here's how you can answer the question. Efficacy means this. Effectiveness means that. Do that. That's what I was doing. So are you going to continue to interrupt me or are you going to let me finish? Very succinct. I don't need a diatribe. I don't need a, a, a novel. You can just say efficacy means this. Effectiveness means that. You're stalling because you don't know the answer. I know you don't know it. You're trying to Google it right now. You don't know the no, answer. That's I'm, what you want. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm sitting here looking at all these faces. Let's see. Answer. Nikki B, Aisha, Juan, answer Rose, Susan, Adam, Cindy. I'm looking answer at all the of them. Question. You know, you can you're just stalling. see. You, if you're going to continue to interrupt oh, me instead of allowing me to answer the questions that you've asked, then what is the oh, point of us being here? You're stalling. You're stalling. I'm not stalling. Everybody knows you're stalling. I'm not I'm stalling. You're being a shit apple. For, for, for bro, all of these like colloquialisms are really fucking stupid. Just answer the question. I was trying, but I'm not going to continue to do this if you're not going to let me finish. Listen, 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 listen. Your tears are not going to save you from me. I don't care about you crying. I want an answer to my question. You can either answer or you can just say you don't know. I already know you don't know. 
Okay, so why not, if I don't know, why don't you just go ahead and explain it and we can move okay, on to I the will. next thing. I will. I will. I will. Okay, okay cool. Thank you so much. Cool. I appreciate it. No, no, no problem. So the answer to the question that you didn't know, and this is where you're talking the stupid shit you're talking right now, efficacy is the assessment of how well a particular agent works in a trial scenario. Effectiveness is how well it works in the real world. One reason that I know that you do not understand how to read these studies is because you use those terms interchangeably without even realizing it. You, you didn't even realize it. Excuse me. Would you mind out. telling me when I interchange when them, done, please? When I'm done, you can talk. Because then I'm going to just mute those because you won't, you won't let me get a, get a word out. I asked you four times in a recorded space. I said, hey, listen, can you tell me the effectiveness and efficacy? You didn't, you didn't know. You said, in one instance, you said they fucked the trials up. Then when I asked you about efficacy and effectiveness, you said, well, just because 94% of people uh, in the world uh, have this particular you know, effect, uh, efficacy, th that means 6% don't. I said, but that doesn't answer the question because I'm asking you to delineate the difference between the two terms. You didn't know the difference because you don't read these kind of studies. You can go ahead and respond to that. You didn't say anything um, different than what I said. I was just complicating the answer more than what you did. You said absolutely nothing different than what I was saying. The room was recorded. You didn't say anything remotely close to what I said. <laughs> I understand all. that you it know? was recorded. And I would you like you to talking. actually, I would like you to also show me where I use those words interchangeably. We all heard you do it. It's recorded. Okay. I would, the, what statement did I use it in? You said, when I asked you the question, you said 94% of people have a certain protection and the other 6% don't. You were then went on to say that they fucked it up in the population. As soon as you say they fucked no, it up I didn't. in the that population. That was the first thing I said. And stop, then the stop, efficacy stop, part was the second stop, thing I said. They're like five minutes cold, apart in statements. Cold. That's not true. We all heard you say it. We're sitting right here listening to you. The room is recorded. You can't gaslight me like you gaslight you, everybody else. I asked you a simple question and you did not know the answer because you're unqualified to know the answer. You don't know anything about this topic. Baby, Nothing. you have a, you're a doctor of philosophy. You can only research things. You don't, you're not even qualified to tell me shit. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, okay, give me a second. So, so thank you, bachelor's degree. So for everybody that's listening, I, I would love to go through my credentials. That's fantastic. So my name is Dr. E. Eugene Copeland, doctor in the front. Uh, I have a bachelor's degree in general biology. I have a PhD in genetics and genomics. So my doctorate is in genetics and genomics. That's what my doctorate is in, for the record. And I, I think she left. I think she ran. I'm pretty sure she ran. Rowan, is she still here? Um, not for me, no. Yeah, she ran. That, that's what I thought. You know when to say you're a doctor of philosophy is because they don't know what PhD stands for. <laughs> I was hoping you would say nope. that. I mean, and, and this is what's so crazy about this, right? And I mean, I wasn't timing how long she lasts, but five minutes? Yeah, I don't know. It's been about maybe 14 minutes. And, and, and this is the problem, right? These people have all of these opinions and all of these cockamamie ideas and stories and my child was vaccine injured and blah, 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 blah. When we get to the first question is, okay, tell me what 
efficacy means and contrast that with the term effectiveness and explain it to me. Because it's very important, right? Because we're talking about two different things. We're talking about the efficacy of a particular vaccine. We're talking about how well said vaccine did in a trial. If we're talking about the effectiveness of the vaccine, we're talking about how well it does in the population. Those are two separate arguments with two different, two separate data sets with two separate ways of analyzing and interrogating those questions. She doesn't understand that because she has a bachelor's degree in something that's completely unrelated. And I don't even believe she has that. She probably got that offline. And she has no qualification, but she spends all day on Twitter, all day, all night, day after day, talking the dumbest shit you never heard. I, I, I just don't understand where these people get this stuff from, man. I don't understand where these people get the bravery from. I, I, I'm at a loss, really. I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say, bro. Man, that was fantastic. I'm, I'm surprised you made it to 14 minutes. It was terrible. The confidence before they get in the room was always like at 100, and then when they get in the room, that shit falls to like two. It's so crazy, bro. Yeah, man. I, I was hoping that you know we would have been able to get some more you know, content out of her so we can laugh and joke and, and she's probably going to pop right back in the room and listen, either on a burner or uh, pop back in so she won't think that we actually see her. But I want everybody to just realize, people are listening to this later, this lady was talking shit for 10 hours straight. She was talking shit for 10 hours straight, making racial innuendos and shit like that. 10 hours straight talking about some. I always knew Beyonce was a white woman. I, I just, I don't understand. She she did that for 10 hours. I'm in the store running around shopping and I've been outside cutting grass and whatnot. And for all day long, she's been talking, I'm going to come in the room, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we get right down to brass tacks and the bachelor's degree can't hang. <laughs> I just... Man, 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 man. But, but before we open it up, uh, do we have any more anti-vaxxers that want to fill in for homegirl? Do we have any any other ones that want to fill in real quick? Because y'all, y'all, y'all looking, y'all, y'all looking a little snatched up right about now. This shit is kind of embarrassing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting like secondhand embarrassment. You, you ever watched the cartoon Doug when Doug was in love with like Patty Mayonnaise? And he always be like, Patty Mayonnaise. And you get like secondhand embarrassment for my boy. That's how I feel right now. I'm getting Patty Mayonnaise secondhand Doug embarrassment right this minute. This shit was embarrassing. Like, like, like Rohan, it, for real, seriously. Like, if it could be anything. If you were in a room with like a few hundred people, like an auditorium, and you, you had got all this pomp and circumstance around in this point that you were going to talk about. And you get on the stage and the first 10 minutes of the debate, you you can't even answer the first question. I mean, how would you feel about some shit like that, bro? Honestly. Bro, as some person with some actual self-awareness, I would probably close down my Twitter account at least for a good six months after that. But I don't think some of these folks have like, you know, natural human level of self-awareness or like anything like that like they they, they their embarrassment bone is broken Some, something is wrong with these folks bro but yeah i i will literally close my twitter account right now after that plus the room is recorded and plus 
you're probably gonna put this put this on the podcast. This shit is gonna be everywhere. Yeah. I would be embarrassed, bro, but you know, I, I, I don't think these people have the embarrassment function in. Yeah, man, I man, I just <laughs> and it's kinda like you don't feel like you just wasted your time. <laughs> like she was talking for ten hours. Well, at this point, eleven hours now because she started pretty early. Uh, she she talked shit for eleven hours straight actually, and I I just actually uh, DM'd her and asked her why did she run away. I asked her why did she run. I, I gave her opportunity to speak. I gave her opportunity to answer the questions. I gave her every opportunity that I could. I asked her a question she didn't want to answer it. I asked her a second time she she knew she couldn't answer the question. And, it, and I phrased the question in such a way that it wasn't easily Googleable, so she couldn't just Google it real quick and give me an answer. Uh, even though she would have probably made better time just doing that than embarrassing herself like she just did. But, man, well, that was a short-lived conversation, Rowan. I thought she would at least gave us 30 minutes, bro. I thought so as well. I thought so as well. Yeah. I think like if, if I were some person that tended towards anti-vax ideas and I sat in this room and heard that, I would probably get off this app and just go like reconsider my whole life, bro. That would be enough for me to be like, wait a minute. This shit seems to happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I mean, what, what are you thinking, Ron? You want to try to bring some other people? Or what, what, what are you thinking? I mean, yeah, I guess we could do that. Um, because the reason why we're trying to like you know keep the stage a little bit clean, um, in the beginning, especially. Is because we're going to just try to put some of this on the podcast, or it's really crazy when people are talking over each other. So that's why we're trying to keep the stage a little clean, and then we'll bring some people up. But yeah, I mean, I I can check and see if there's anybody else, and if not, we can kind of open the stage. But um, for sure, yeah. And and I think that what we'll do is we'll have another opportunity. If there's any other anti-vaxxer in here that would like the stage before we open it up for everybody else, please feel free to, to just request now. You can request right now and come up and speak and debate your anti-vax nonsense with, with evidence and facts. And I'd also, I also want to note this as well. Only one of us provided a source to anything that we said. I want people to notice that too. Only, with an anti-vaxxer, you will, they will never provide you an adequate source. That's a guarantee for me. They will never, ever give you a source that is you know, refutable or falsifiable. They're never going to give you an official source or primary source. It's always going to be a bit shoot video or a YouTube article or a YouTube video or a, a, a tweet or, or a, you know, 4chan fucking link or Reddit or some bullshit like that. It's always going to be some nonsense or some PowerPoint that they made up or something like that. It's never going to be a study from anywhere on the earth. It's never going to be an official government source. It's never going to be any official source whatsoever. It's always going to be some made-up bullshit that just pull out of the ass to make a point. Exhibit A. What she wanted to do was just, this is what she wanted to do. She wanted to come in here and be allowed to talk for five minutes about her kids and talk about how her child was allegedly vaccine injured, which I probably doubt at this point because she probably has no evidence to that either. And how she, her being a mother um, allows her to have clairvoyance and to tell us physicians and scientists exactly what is wrong with her child. Uh, and then she wanted to go into the mandates and political ideations and her feelings about things and 
it was probably going to end. She was probably going to top off this bullshit tirade with a racist epithet of some kind, I'm sure. If we, if we really pissed her off enough, that was coming. So th th that's that's the typical playbook of anti-vaxxers, just in a nutshell. That That's the order of events. They start out somewhat hospitable. You press them a little bit. Next thing you know, we're in racist territory. It happens every time. There's one every season. So, so with that being said, if we have no other anti-vaxxers, I, I guess we can open up the stage to other people. Cool. What you what you got, sir? Oh no, I had I just wanted to play like a little a little recap of, of like the end of the call, just like sixty seconds to remind people how that thing went. So give me a second. Whether it's the pro or the anti, because I don't think that we understand COVID and what it has done to everybody and what the vaccine has done to everybody and we distributed it at the same time. So it, it, so you can't you're not supposed to distribute a vaccine during a pandemic because it creates all of these other variants and you gotta stop because you spent like fifty points. Sorry, I was laughing in the middle of it. And then this is the point of court. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at all these faces. Let's see, Nikki B, Aisha, Juan, Rose, Susan, Adam, Cindy. I'm looking at all of them. You know, you can just say, you, if you're going to continue to interrupt me instead of allowing me to answer the questions that you've asked, then what is the point of us being here? You're stalling. You're stalling. I'm not stalling. I'm not stalling. You're being a shit apple. Bro, all of these, like, colloquialisms are really fucking stupid. Just answer the question. I was trying, but I'm not going to continue to do this if you're not going to let me finish. Listen, 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 listen. Your tears are not going to save you from me. I don't care about your crying. I want an answer to my question. You guys, the answer you can just say you don't know. Okay, so why, if I don't know, why don't you just go ahead and explain it and we can move on to the next thing? I like how it ends with, can you go ahead and explain it? <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. That was fantastic. Okay, I'll go. But, but that's how it is every time. Dr. Copeland, Rohan, all the other doctors and scientists, please make my argument for me. I don't have an argument. Please make my argument for me. They'll present a paper and I'll say, okay, read it. Let's go. Read the paper. Oh, you're the scientist. You read the paper. I'm like, no, well, no, it's your argument. You read it. I, I don't want to read it because, you know, you're going to just tell me that I'm wrong. If you have read the paper and you've made a conclusion, but you can't read it now again in front of us, to make a conclusion, how did you make a conclusion? <laughs> what the fuck is this, bro? I, I just, I just don't understand how they get to that point. That's, bro. That's you got to give it to them, though, bro. And then we'll open it up. That is some brave shit, bro. You got to admit that's pretty brave, bro. To be able to kind of just fucking wing it every day, just just making up bullshit every single day. You know you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just running your mouth yapping. That is some brave ass shit, man. You gotta give him credit for that. Well, well, you know, you shouldn't distribute a well, we all know that you shouldn't distribute a vaccine during a pandemic because of all the additional issues. I was I was hoping that you would ask her what those additional issues are, but that would open a whole other can of worms. But she said it with such confidence, bro. Like that shit's fantastic. <laughs> right. And that's a quote from another anti-vaxxer who doesn't have any evidence to what to that statement. There's no evidence to that statement at all. There's no evidence to it. And I was going to ask her that as well. I, I had written her points down. I, as, she was, as she was yapping, I was writing them down. So I actually have on the notepad her five points that she got out thus far that could be 
falsifiable. The rest of them were just bullshit. My kids, you know, blah, 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 which is so, which is always so interesting because, and, I, and a lot of people don't realize this, I'm an identical twin. I have, a, I have an identical twin. My identical twin is autistic. So if there was any inclination that vaccines cause autism or, or cause anything remotely similar to autism, there wouldn't be a person on this planet more convicted to chasing that down than me. There, there's no evidence to it. I already, barked, I already barked that tree seven years ago. I asked that question. It's asked and answered. There's no data to it. When you go down to the genesis of autism and vaccines, you go to Wakefield and the rest of it's bullshit. There's not a single shred of evidence that vaccines cause autism on this planet or any other planet in the fucking galaxy. Doesn't exist. It's a made up bullshit notion that one guy came up with and a bunch of jackasses who can't think for themselves have followed and just drank the fucking Kool-Aid on. That's it. It's case closed. But but yeah, Rowan, yeah, wait on you. Wait, last thing, last thing, last thing. I don't want this to get a pass. And the whole thing, well, you 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 have a doctorate in philosophy. So I, I, I know everybody else in the room knows this except anti vaxxers Like a doctor of philosophy, PhD, does not mean that your doctorate is in actual philosophy, right? But then just basic shit like this they don't understand, bro. So I, I, I didn't want that to slide either because we started hearing that on Clubhouse and now it has made its way to Twitter. These people are unserious, bro. Bro, it, it, it's facts, man. Like, I mean, they, they just they just don't know what words mean. That, that, that's the best way I can put it. They just don't understand what words mean. They just don't understand. Like, I have a PhD in genetics and genomics. I have an undergraduate degree in general biology. You're trying to argue with me about mRNA and what it can do and what it can't do, leveraging scientific articles. I do that every day for a living. I tell people with seven and eight figure checkbooks to go fuck themselves every single week for a living that are trying to sell the government bullshit. You cannot trick me. It can't happen. It's impossible. If you don't have the evidence, I'm gonna tell you get out of my face. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's how. Hey, where's the evidence to this? I don't have it. All right, well, look, man, you guys have a nice day. But, 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 but nothing. No, you don't have the evidence. Tough shit. Tough banana. Sucks to be you. Well, welcome to real life. The tears and the privilege don't do anything in this space. You either got the facts or you don't. Bring the facts on it. So, but yeah, man. Uh, you want to bring some, some people up, Brian? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think we got some more people here. I see that, John. This app is so trash. So, uh, oh, did I'm you mute? Bring them up. Yeah, I wasn't trying to bring them up in order of the requests. So, so if possible, folks, if you could not talk over talk over each other, that way it will make it a lot easier for me to edit this. If we want to post it on the podcast, so if you can just raise your hands, I know it's kind of like clinical to do it that way, but it would be a lot better for the audio. It's on your coat. No, no, we appreciate it 100%. Let's go to uh, Dr. John and then Medea. Dr. John, what's happening? Hey, not much. How are you? Um, I requested while she was still on the stage. I'm currently going back and forth with her uh, a little bit, which a few other people are um, in the in the tweets, partially because I'm procrastinating doing something I'm actually supposed to do. Uh, she is under the impression that you were bullying her. <laughs> and... Uh, 
the that she did not interrupt you until you interrupted her and if you promise not to interrupt her again she she will come back um and i am now passing the message along okay fantastic so it's so here you tell her dr john because i in the interest of entertainment i'm willing to allow her to have a little bit of leniency, but here's what she can't do. She can't just come on the stage and just shit all over the stage. If she asks a question, if I ask her a question, she's going to answer the question. So, I mean, I mean, you, you can just, I, I hear her, but she don't want to talk to me because she's upset because for the first time in her life, some big black dude told her she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. So, you can tell her that she can come back in here if she's going to answer the question that she's asked. If you, if you would, Doctor John, I know I know you're not the middleman and shit, but you know I'm just you know you, you kind of been put in this position there, big dog. So, and she's welcome to come back. I mean, she's welcome to come back. I don't I don't know that lady. I don't have anything against her. She's just, she's just not very smart. That doesn't make her a bad person. She's just not very bright. That's all. And that's obvious. By the Beyonce statement. Me message passed along. Well, thank you, good sir. Thank you, good sir. Uh, I appreciate it, Doctor John. We're gonna go to Medea. And then we're going to go to Unicorn. Medea, what's happening? Hey, how are you guys today? Hey, hey. Hi. Um, love your um, Twitter um, talking point and um, trying to educate anti-vaxxers. Anti but I just have a question. How do you guys do the sober? Like... I don't know, just listening to them, just trying to explain and ask questions and you trying to explain the same thing over and over again. Like, I feel like I would be drinking or smoking. So that's my question. Like, I don't know how you get through this. Like, kudos to you and thank you for doing this because holy shit. So that's all I wanted to say. Copious amounts of cocaine. Okay. Who, who says like anyone's sober? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing it anyway, because, wow, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, thank you. No, Madea, thank you 100%. Really, really, really appreciate it. And Rowan stole my joke, just so everybody knows he stole my material, bro. He, he's pilfering my comedic sets, bro. This shit's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Let, let, let's go to uh, Unicorn. Unicorn, what's happening? How's it going? Hi. Thank you for letting me speak. I just wanted to say, um, to share my daughter, um, had COVID, right? Thanksgiving. Um, she was all alone. No one could be with her. Isolated, right? Um, she's been vaccinated, but only, I think she only had one shot, you know. Can't tell her nothing. She's 27 years old. Um, one shot, which I guess me, I had five already. Um, but it doesn't matter how many shots you get, right? I can still get COVID. Um, I think she was pretty sick. She told me she was pretty sick on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. She only had one vaccination though. Um, so I'm feeling sad about it, you know, because we couldn't see her. She was all alone um, because she got COVID, you know, it's not going any fucking where. And it's terrifying. So, um, folks, please get vaccinated. Um, she was sick, you know. Um, I, <laughs> I got COVID once, right? 
And guess who I got it from? My daughter. And I got it the first time in January. And I got it from her. So this is her second time getting COVID, which is nerve-wracking to me. It worries me a lot. Um, but thank you for letting me speak. No, thank you. And I'm uh, really sorry to hear that. I hope that she's doing all right. It kind of sucks to have it. Especially around the holiday, you don't want everybody to be together, and you can't, so it kind of kind of sucks. Hopefully, she'll be around for the for the other holiday. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's you know people are adults and people are grown, and people get to make their own decisions, and, and that's kind of a uh, not not speaking about your daughter uh, specifically, but just in general. A lot of people think because there's there are two options to a thing, that each option is equally valid. So they'll be like, uh, I, well, I have a I have a right to not be vaccinated which is technically true in the same way that I have a right to not to, to either, I could either take a butcher knife and cut my pinky off or not do it. There's no benefit to doing it. That, that's a binary option. I could do it if I wanted to. I, there's no real reason to do that though. That makes no sense. Just because you have two options doesn't mean that, uh, doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> the, the other option is a, is a good option. I know that definitely appreciate that. I'm going to bring up uh, children of the headache. Uh, they had their hand up, uh, and we're going to let them go. Uh, children of the headache, whenever you're ready, it's on you. If you if you're up here, children of the headache. Hi, hello, hello, hello. Um, I, I was just gonna ask a question if you don't mind I, there's, there's this study which I put in the comments which I don't understand it's about um, natural immunity and it's from Croatia it's a news study um, can, I don't know how to put it in the nest we'll, we'll get in the nest uh, it's, in the, yeah, it's in the comments Okay, cool. I'll find it. Um, the bit I didn't understand, someone's tried to explain it here, and the, the, the bit I didn't understand, they're talking about vaccine-induced immunity cohort 3, and it says individuals with vaccine-induced immunity were at a higher risk of infection from Delta, Omicron, and hospitalization compared with, to those with natural immunity. But then the uh, cohort one and cohort two seem to contradict that. I, I don't know how to read studies, so I'm, I, I'm just confused by it. I posted it to the top, folks. Okay, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm reading it right now. I'll tell you what we'll do, children. Let, let's go to Chris and let him speak, and I'll read through it while, he, while he's going, and then we'll, we'll circle back. Let, just give me an opportunity to look through it real quick. Thank you. 100%. Thank you. Right. Hey, Chris, what's happening? Don't you? Yeah, I just wanted to ask a quick question, um, and then I'm going to go uh, listen to my true crime shows and go to bed. Um, I thought I heard, and perhaps I'm wrong, but I thought I heard this person say that 
you're not supposed to administer a vaccine during a pandemic and that it actually creates more variants? Is that's correct. Yes, that's what she said. That's correct. So, well, so I'm confused. Are you supposed to, at what point are you supposed to administer the vaccines once everyone's dead? I'm lost. So, and that's something that we kind of watched the genesis of on Clubhouse. So the original statement came from uh, Malone and he made a statement that alluded to that even though he was obviously wrong he had no data to it it's just one of those things that he just kind of said uh, Malone being one of the most uh, heinous of the anti-vaxxers right he made that statement people just kind of ran with it and essentially what they believe is this they believe that if you vaccinate with a vaccine during a pandemic, that vaccine is what I'm using air quotes here now. It's a leaky vaccine, and the leaky vaccine will act as an evolutionary pressure that will give you more deadly strains. Now, here's a problem with that statement. Number one, it's fucking stupid, obviously. Number two, they're talking about a very particular study that dealt with a virus in chickens. Uh, and I'll try to find it and post it up uh, after I get finished reading the, the study from children. But that study didn't even say that. What that study said was the virus for the for that particular that particular virus in avian animals and in, 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 in birds was very deadly. It's like 98% mortality rate. If it's not a sterilizing vaccine, meaning that it, it offers 100% protection, if you introduce it to a flock of birds, what will end up happening is in that scenario is that those birds, the ones that survive, will have a strain that is resistant to the vaccine. And then the next time that that one spreads around, it'll kill all the birds because it's 98% lethal, right? That, that's not the same scenario as talking about a respiratory virus or something that has a, and I'm using this term loosely, relatively low, a mortality rate. And then obviously that's an influenza virus, which is completely different than the coronavirus. To make a long story short, it's another story of anti-vaxxers taking a super complicated topic from an unrelated virus in an unrelated scenario and applying it here erroneously. It, it, it's bullshit. The, 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 the takeaway message is you definitely want to vaccinate in a pandemic any way you can, as early as you can, as soon as you can, if you have an effective vaccine candidate, you know, that can, that can do the job, which we did. The original efficacy for SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccines was 98%. It did a great job of reducing hospitalization and death. So, yeah, it, it's bullshit, Chris. You know, and that, that's just something that they say. But you and I both know she doesn't understand any of those complicated points I just mentioned. Uh, this, this girl could barely read. But I guess I'm still confused because um, isn't part of the reason that the virus mutated so quickly is because people were so slow to get vaccinated, thus uh, reducing the efficacy of the original vaccine? Uh, like, I'm, I'm just not, uh, I, I have to be missing something. No, no, and, and you're 100% correct because 
and not to get too nerdy about this, but let's think about how this thing mutates, right? So this is a coronavirus. It's not an influenza virus. Influenza viruses have a, a much different way of acquiring mutations. This acquires mutations the good old-fashioned way, right, through recombination. So that's a, that's a fancy way of saying that every time a person gets infected, every single time a person gets infected with this thing, it is an RNA virus that it picks up random mutations just because. You roll that dice enough, you can get some shit that's beneficial for you to become more infectious. So the more people that get infected, the worse it gets. Once you couple that with people that are in immunocompromised states, people going through famines, people dealing with certain viruses that can compromise your immune system, and they get two viral strains in their body at one time, and they undergo recombination with each other, start swapping material, now we got a problem. Now you got, you, you do that a few thousand times because 30% of the population is infected, and what you get at the end is some really nasty shit. What you get at the end is real nasty. So vaccination decreases viral load. If you can decrease the viral load long enough, you, you're still going to get strains. They're still going to evolve and mutate, but they're going to evolve and mutate at a much slower rate, which, as you said, you're right, buys you time because that means that the ancestral strain, the ancestral strain that you're vaccinated against stays that strain longer. Like viruses work, but there can only be one. It's like the Highlander, there can only be one. Typically, there's only going to be one strain that's accounting for 90% of the cases anyway because it's evolutionary more fit than the rest of the, of, of the strains. So if you can keep that strain, the ancestral strain, that strain you're vaccinated against long enough in the population, it's better for everybody. So the main takeaway is vaccines are good. <laughs> That's the main takeaway. Vaccines are great. Vaccines that work are fantastic. So. Uh, Got it. Okay, yeah, just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. Nope, you are not crazy, sir. She's definitely bad shit crazy, though, 100%. Appreciate you, Chris. Let's go to Dr. John, and then we'll, we'll go back to children, because I'm still reading that paper, children. Bear with me. I'm trying to give you a solid answer. Go ahead, Dr. John. What's happening? I was just going to say the uh, – you, you kind of hit what I was going to say, the Malone thing, and there's a few other of the uh, usual disinformation bunch that had the leaky vaccines and whatnot. But uh, what Chris was asking was uh, the first place Omicron came from was, you know, we think it was South Africa. And, you know, like where was a lot of the, uh, you know, the vaccination not – done is you know africa so i think you know we know that the original strain and the delta strain there was much better you know um, protection from transmission of the vaccine and then kind of omicron so as you said it's kind of a probability thing uh like dr copeland said the more times it has a chance to you know find a host and then mutate and do recombination and stuff and that this is what happens and the other thing i was going to say is uh I was completely underwhelmed by that woman in her uh, attempt. That was pretty weak sauce, and I'll end there. Rather weak indeed, 100% weak sauce. Um, and, and I appreciate that, Dr. John. Uh, and Dr. John, if you could briefly just kind of give your – we actually have two Dr. Johns, so people listen to it on audio. So we have Dr. John number one, and then Dr. John is just briefly supposed to – let's do it like this. If Dr. John number one, who is uh, the first Dr. John Michael, if you could give your background so people can know who they're listening to, and then Dr. John, could you give your background after Dr. John Michael so people can kind of hear and understand who this is talking? Sure. Yeah, I've, uh, gosh, I graduated residency from internal medicine in 26, did my fellowship in critical care until 2009. Then I've worked pretty much 
uh, doing both ICU and hospitalist work uh, since uh, to like the last two or three, the last two years. And then I've been chief of uh, uh, medicine at a current institution and then a deputy chief of medicine or chief of staff. So I've kind of went up the ranks. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm pretty robust background in both the admin education and uh, also clinical sides. So, I appreciate that. No, thank you, Dr. John. Mike, appreciate it. Dr. John, if you're there, if you can give your background so that when they hear you, they can know uh, who's 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 speaking and what what your credentials are. Yeah, my credentials are not as impressive. Uh, I worked in the pre-hospital space, did some research in pain and addiction medicine uh, in the 2010s, and then went off to med school. Graduated emergency medicine residency last year. Um, currently a fellow in. Uh, disaster medicine and uh, emergency medical services, the disaster medicine being obviously very relevant to this. Um, and uh, I don't know, I guess that's it. <laughs> Not a whole lot. I'm currently uh, procrastinating doing an application for a uh, master's in public health just to stay on the hamster wheel of education a little longer. No, 100%. Appreciate it, Dr. John. Thank you, Dr. John. Michael and Dr. John, appreciate that. And going back to your study, children, and for people, uh, children of, I'm sorry, I'm messing your name up. Children of the Headache uh, is your name on Twitter. Uh, the name of the paper that I'm reading from that he sent in was Risk of SARS-CoV-2 Infection Hospitalization in Individuals with Natural Vaccine-Inducing Hybrid Immunity, a retrospective population-based cohort study from Estonia. And in the study, they uh, say, and I'm just trying to make this very brief, uh, that there was a, a perceived benefit of individuals who had, and I'm using air quotes, natural immunity as opposed to vaccine and hybrid-induced immunity during certain times of the pandemic. What I will say in looking at this, and I actually need, I need, I need a little bit more time because it's actually a quite complex paper. In looking at it just in general, one of the questions that I have that's not really answered here is what were the sampling amounts at each time during the pandemic? Because what I think may have happened or occurred is that it's a sampling bias where during the third wave uh, where they had a Delta, I'm sorry, Omicron, they uh, didn't account for the boosters and the boosters are not even included in the study. I don't know, I don't know, what I'm saying. I don't know what Estonia was doing at that time. I don't know what the access was to boosters or not at that time. So if they're, if they're measuring a pool of people that, had hybrid immunity, natural immunity, and had a vaccine, it's kind of hard to say what the effect is. Doesn't mean the results are trash. I just don't have a good historical record of when they were doing what. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know, because it's Estonia. It's not the United States. It's Estonia. I don't know when they were doing what. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, uh, Zero Hedge, that website, Zero Hedge has picked it up, so it's just it's new and it's going around the anti-vax circles just yesterday <clears throat> so i'm sure you'll see that paper pop up again and i i have no idea i tried to read it but i can't understand it either i can't understand studies in general so i just thought i'd ask no no, no i appreciate you bringing it up no no i thank you for bringing it up and what i'll do is i'm gonna keep reading this thing i'm actually gonna bring up Dr. Jonathan Laxon, he may have an opinion on it as well. I bring him up now. See, he raised his hand. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Laxon, if, if you could, if you could first just give your credentials as well, 
so people can know who to listen to. We may put this on the podcast, so if people, if you could get your uh, background and then kind of speak to the paper or whatever point you wanted to raise. Oh, hey, sorry, my my sound muted really badly. Uh, I'm I'm like Dr. John Michael. I'm an internist. I didn't do critical care though, and I've worked in the hospital since 2014. Uh, primarily with, I work in a host, uh, inner city hospital. Uh, so lots of uh, complicated cases and everything. And I worked throughout the COVID pandemic like everyone else did. No, no, thank you, Dr. Lax. I appreciate that. Uh, did you have a, a point? To, to make I see you raise your hand earlier. Did you have a point or were you just coming up? Uh I looked at that study quickly. It looks like Estonia was only 65% vaccinated. It doesn't look like they had a big, robust booster program. Uh, and in this study, hybrid immunity was actually superior to so-called natural immunity. Uh, and it was very pronounced during the Delta and persisted into the Omicron. No, and that makes a lot of sense. And, that's what, and that kind of back to what I was saying, I agree. I don't know what the what the and you probably have a lot better of a historical context of what was going on in Estonia during the time. I don't, but I don't know anything about Estonia's vaccine program. But that makes a lot of sense. And as we saw in the United States and other countries, hybrid immunity is the best form of immunity. That's when you get the recommended vaccination dose, and then you're also infected at some point. That renders the best immunity uh, per the population data, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and that's corroborated uh, internationally. Um, <laughs> uh, guess who just came in the room, man? <laughs> I, I, just, just I just reminded him. Oh, man. Health Uncensored. Oh, man. This is fantastic. Uh, health Uncensored. Let, tell you what we'll do. We have two people just came on stage. Let's go to the one who watches first. Uh, I don't think they've ever spoken. And then we'll go back to Health Uncensored uh, uh, to, to hear the great, the great news. Thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, so obviously with the the conversation that we're in at the moment with vaccination, etc., um, there, there does seem to be a, a new um, respiratory illness that's being reported in China at the moment. Uh, and I just wanted to ask, obviously, the, the, the esteemed uh, folks who are here, um, if uh, anyone had any more details on, you know, if, if we're looking at uh, another essentially another kind of epidemic potentially uh, especially this one seems to be hitting children pretty hard right now uh, and just if anyone had any thoughts on it I'll, I'll just be very brief and then I do want to get the health and then I'll circle back to you Dr. Jonathan Laxon. Um I would not look for this kind of stuff on the internet I, it's one of those things where if you seek, you shall find, meaning if you look for it, you're going to find it. There's always some viral outbreak. There's always a spillover event. There's always some outbreak of cholera or Ebola or Marburg virus or Nipah virus in India that's had a really bad outbreak. It happens all the time. If, if you look for, and I'm not saying it's a chastise, I'm just saying it in general for your sanity, right? Like, this happens all the time. Every, like, two months, there's some outbreak. It, it, it's, it's a very common thing. I think most people in the public just weren't aware of it because it, it wasn't something that most people look for. I mean, naturally, right? Who who go before 2019, how many people, you know, tracked like viral outbreaks and this kind of stuff? Not very many people did that. Um, 
you know, even six months ago when, at least in the United States, when eggs were like $8 a carton or whatever, that was because we had a highly deadly um, avian flu that was killing birds, marine mammals, and terrestrial mammals all across the United States. Nobody even, a lot, most people didn't even realize it was happening. Thousands of dead seals washing up on the beach, thousands of dolphins or hundreds of dolphins being killed in a single week. You know, uh, red foxes being killed, bears, uh, polar bears. You had two polar bears that died in a, in a, in a zoo in the United States or, or in a zoo in, uh, I think it was somewhere. It was a zoo somewhere. What I'm making is, is that these kind of things happen all the time. I, I wouldn't get along about that kind of stuff, honestly. Yes, sir. And I appreciate it. No, 100%, 100%. Let, uh, no, great question, man. We appreciate that. Let, let's go to uh, <laughs> let's go to Health Uncensored. Health Uncensored, please go ahead. How you doing, Ian? Um, I can see your uh, your opponent there. You know, she didn't really have it together tonight. So I I, I was listening, and I figured I'd pop in and uh, ask you some questions, and, and let's talk about some research about the safety of mRNA vaccines. I posted something up to the... Uh, jumbotron there there's a meta-analysis there's a large cohort study and then there's a research um i I believe it's a literature review on viral infections common viral infections and autoimmune diseases um the first paper is let's see here let me get up uh the first paper that's a cohort study over two million people involved it showed that those that receive the mrna vaccines have almost double the likelihood of experiencing reactivation of herpes zoster uh, shingles after getting the vaccination versus those that didn't receive the vaccination. Almost double the likelihood. Okay, then stop, underneath stop, that... Stop right, there, stop right there. Don't talk over me. Stop right there. Go to the study and read where it says that. All right. And, and you're, you're talking over me. Hold on, hold on. I'm talking over you because I'm the host. And I can talk whenever I feel like it. You know better. Read the title of the study and then read exactly where it says that and tell people where you're reading from so that we can know. You know better than to come into this room and just say that a paper says this. That's not going to fly. We go through the papers every time. I don't know why you're trying to pull a fast one. Please read the title of the study and please read where it's found in the study and read it verbatim so we can all follow along. Thank you very much. You may unmi- you may unmic and continue. You may read the title and tell us where you're reading from, and read verbatim where it says that. Thank you. Sure. All right. If everyone wants to click on the uh, jumbotron, there, here it is. All right. Results after matching each cohort accounted for one million ninety-five thousand eighty-six patients. For the vaccinated group, cohort one. 2,204 subjects developed HZ, herpes zoster, within 60 days of COVID-19 vaccination. While among cohort two, 1,223 patients were diagnosed with HZ within 60 days after having visited the clinic for any other reason, not vaccination. The risk of developing shingles was calculated at 0.20% and 0.11% for cohort one and two, respectively. The difference was statistically highly significant. Sorry, it, if you're if you're going for like the points, like like point as in zero point, it is a zero point, and then the number. Now the the number of 
for when it comes to vaccine efficiency and like vaccine potentially issues from have you have you read a packet of paracetamol have you read like what actually is you know what what the the issues can be with a packet of paracetamol if you buy it over the counter have you read what the the potential issues are with that well, I I thought we we're talking about vaccines here. Well, is that relevant? Well, and and, and you're interrupting me mid sentence. Well, it's it's relevant in that you you are saying that like these vaccines are causing all these issues. However, any medicine you take in your life, right? So, pack a paracetamol. What 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 is in that 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 form or that little bit that says this could happen? Okay, I great. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for interrupting me. Anyway, let's get back to what I was saying here. So I provided a large cohort study. Those were the results. Anyone can see it. That's the research. It's from a you know a legitimate medical database. Uh, the second study I posted was a meta-analysis. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know why. <laughs> look, man, look, listen. First of all, you didn't even follow my instructions. That's number one. But you don't do that very well with your anti-vaxxer. I told you very clearly. I said, please read the study. And then tell us who you're reading from, and then read. You do any of that. You just gotta read. So I'm gonna I'm gonna help people out that are listening because they're not gonna be able to see anything that you just that you just presented. You wanna go and, and do your homework for you per usual. So the name of the study that he didn't read was "Real World Evidence from Over One Million COVID-19 Vaccinations Is Consistent with Reactivation of Varicella Zoster Virus." And so. I have some questions now from this study. You're not going to just read past the study. What was the average age between the two groups? Hello? Am I audible? Can you hear me? Hello? You're, you're audible. Before, before we start having health go through all that stuff. Um, some of us, probably many of us, have been blocked by Health Uncensored, so none of us can follow along because we can't click on the study. So I don't know if somebody else who is not blocked would be able to uh, also share the study or something like that, but I'd love to follow along. We've run into this issue with him before. Yeah, I think, him, I, but... think I, can, I think I can... Uh, okay, I can thank you. And... <laughs> if you block everybody, none of us can follow along, man. All right. No, I appreciate that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that post up so people can follow along. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, so can you answer the question, Hal? What's, how is that relevant? You can say it. If you, if you see a flaw in the study, go ahead. Hell, call it out. Hell, I asked you a question and you know the rules. You right. have to if answer you see my a flaw, If you see something about this, the method, say, oh, here's where it's bullshit. Go ahead. Question. You're free to do that. No, sir. You do not dictate how I answer, ask the questions in here. I dictate that. I'm going to ask you again. Is there, a, is there a difference in age between the two cohorts, yes or no? No, I believe they were matched and gender matched as well. That, that's okay. So if you go to table one, if you go to table one, do you, do you not see in table one where it says before matching cohort one and cohort two? Do you not see the p-value that demonstrates that every single category 
in the study is, stati- is statistically significantly different from each other between the two cohorts. Do you see that? I can read it. I can read a quote for you. Methods. The initial cohorts oh, of one. No, million- I don't want to. No, no, sir. I don't want to quote. I, I told you where to look. Table. Okay. They were one. matched on age and gender in order to uh, mitigate hell, confounder hell, bias. Hell, hell, that's not going to work. I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> what you, you're you're stalling. I'm going to ask you again. I'm doing this on purpose for the audience. Health is one of the people that we just got finished talking about. Health does not actually know how to read studies that understand statistics. That's why he's trying to avoid the section I'm asking him about. I'm going to ask you again. Can you please look at table one and tell me what I'm looking at is correct and incorrect, please? I'm not coming off it. Here's the thing. If you see a flaw, go ahead, point it out. Let everyone see this study's bullshit. One more time, and then if you don't answer, I'm going to move you down. What's the motivation? What What do you, you, you want to ask some questions? Is this data legitimate or no? Excuse me. The motivation is in germane to the point that I'm making. The only thing you need to worry about is that I'm asking you a question I need an answer. And this will be the fifth time I've asked you. And I answered the question. They were age and gender matched. That's what the methodology says. That's not what I asked you. If you go to table one, is there a significant difference before matching at the p-value level between every group? Yes, there is. No, there's not. If it's significant, then say it. Say, what's your point? You know what I mean? Go ahead. Let's hear it. You're done, bro. It's all good. Look, man, in this room, if you ask a question, you have to answer the question directly. You don't get to talk around the question. You don't get to talk above the question, below the question. You get to answer the question directly. The answer is a yes, it is, or no, it's not. We can talk about its significance after you've answered the fucking question. You don't get to say, oh, well, that, that question's not relevant. It is relevant because it's my room and I say it's relevant. It's myself and Rohan's room and we say it's relevant. So I asked you a question. You didn't want to, an, you didn't want to answer. So now I'm going to move to somebody else. Uh, and if you want to answer my question, you feel free to, to let me know when, you, when you're ready to answer my question, bro. Uh, I'll go ahead, Dr. Um, Jonathan Laxton, and then I think the other one of the other the Dr. John wanted to speak as well. Go ahead, Dr. Laxton, please. Oh, I, I was going to answer the guy about the China thing because uh, there there have been some new information came out. It, they were going for zero COVID, and they recently stopped. And this is their first flu season since stopping uh, their zero COVID policies. And uh, letters that have come out of there have identified probably mycoplasma pneumonia, which is a common bacteria causing pneumonia, as well as multiple respiratory viruses. There's nothing new in China right now. No, I, I appreciate that, sir. Thank no, you. Thank you, Dr. Lexington. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Lexington. De- definitely appreciate it 100%. Let, let, let's go to Chrissy, uh, and then maybe it'll give uh, Health Uncensored some time to think about it. If he wants to answer the question, I have a big board discussion. Uh, Chrissy, please go ahead. What's I'm happening? scraping for you. You want me to call out the anti vaxxers? Please do. Okay, here they're in the list. Um, so, Camel of Light, do you want to explain? what you're thinking here. Jen, you've been here the whole damn time and you hate vaccines. I also have in my list here, um, Luna, you are for medical freedom against all vaccines and Bodkin. Ooh, I want to hear about this groundbreaking study by UC Davis that show, uh, regarding autism disorder and having mitochondrial dysfunction. 
So any one of you want to come on up, and if you don't want to come up and you want to be shy but spewing all this crap on your Twitter feeds, I'm going to put this your tweet in the nest that I scraped into my Python. Please volunteer before I volunteer for you in. I have no problems doing this. And feel free to find them. Jen, you've been here the whole time. I've been watching you lurk and you laughing and putting your thumbs up. Because I keep checking to make sure I'm not making a mistake here. Come on. Come on, Bodkin. Come on, Jen. Those are some names. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be his data manager here. So stick around, Jen. I see you. Um, at is that right? Okay. She's been, they've been like lurking for a while. And Camel Light, you've been on my list since day F and one. I've been in Dr. Copeland's space and been scraping for him. Okay. Dr. Copeland, do you mind if I stay up here for you? Is, 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 no, 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 please, please go ahead and, and yeah, please feel free. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm doing this. You know, I get paid a lot of money. I get paid good money to do this for a living. So I get to do it for free for you. I'm going to stick up around here. Thank you for letting me up here. And I'm going to keep calling you out. So, um, Jen, I'm going to put you in the nest, just FYI, if you don't come on up soon. I have no problems doing it. Come on. I've been seeing you in Camel Light. You've been on my list since day one. You ready? No, Chrissy, we definitely appreciate that. And yeah, I, I always find it interesting. Um, I see you, Dr. John. Give me one second. Um, I always find it interesting, man. You know, Twitter allows people to have these opinions and not have any type of, of uh, you know, repercussions for their actions. And so even the act of like making somebody responsible for their actions is enough for those people to just kind of not uh, come up. They stay in the comments all day. They message me all day long, all night. But then when we open a room up just like this, you got an opportunity to come up here just like we're doing right now. You come up here with the paper. You present the paper. You make an argument. We can talk about the data. You don't want to do it. And not, not an 99% of the reason why is because they don't understand the data. And they know it. They don't want to be exposed. Yeah, and I'm doing real-time so data, good. pulling their information, and I'm text mining it. Um, so I just put Jen's tweet in the the the, the Jen's um, tweet in the nest because it insults both of us with degrees. No, appreciate that, hundred percent. So let, let's go to Doctor John. Then I think Health wants to have a a big boy conversation after that. Doctor John, please go ahead. Yeah. So uh, real quick, first of all. Um... Uh, that Liberty chick has, has, you remember her from previous spaces, has glommed on to, uh, what's her name? Cole Collins, I guess was her name that she was here before. Uh, so she says that she is going to glom on to the next time that that other lady comes into your space so that we can combine two dimwits and raise the IQ to almost room temperature. And, uh, we can be maybe more efficient with, uh, misinformation nonsense. Uh, the other thing uh, is, so Health Uncensored has brought this uh, Zoster study into a couple of spaces. Uh, I'm still poking through it because previously we sort of got hung up on what shingles was. So essentially what this paper shows, so he wants us to tell him why it's bullshit. The thing is not that this study is bullshit because it's not. It actually gives us useful information, right? It tells us kind of what I think is not unreasonable to assume, which is, when you have an inflammatory response or a stressor of some kind, there is a risk for zoster reactivation. Now, what health is having trouble with 
in previous from previous, I think it was Truth or Space where we got hung up on this. His difficulty is understanding that zoster reactivation is shingles. Shingles sucks, right? Shingles is a is a terrible thing to go through, but it is self-limiting. It generally doesn't cause any permanent problems. The exception being uh, zoster ophthalmicus, which causes, uh, which if not treated, can lead to permanent vision loss. But that generally is not the case. Usually it's treatable. And certainly people show up to the ER and see people like me where we get them on antivirals. And that seems to prevent it from causing any permanent damage in most people. Um, but the study itself, there's nothing really wrong with the study. It shows that if you introduce a stressor, you have increased likelihood of VCV reactivation, which is reasonable. The mechanism isn't entirely understood. There's a bunch of theories about it that make a lot of sense. You have uh, blunting of the immune response to zoster because the immune system is occupied elsewhere is sort of one of the theories on it. And, and they mentioned a couple others in, in this, and I'm still poking my way through their discussion to see uh, if they mention any others. But uh, the reality of it is this doesn't break ground as much as it just kind of confirms what common sense would say, which is if you get a vaccination, there is some risk. It's very uncommon, very, very uncommon. But there is a risk of reactivation of zoster to cause shingles. And it's just a thing that happens, unfortunately. Docs, I'm I'm killed. One second. So again, we're doing no, no, it's all good. Again, we're we're doing this for audio for the podcast. So just try to stay in the order because I'm going to, uh, I'm I'm trying to stay in order real quick. And so what I'm gonna try to do is I'm gonna try to advance the conversation here and get to a point. Uh, let's say, and this is for health, and then you can speak. Uh, I'm 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 gonna give you a point, health, and then you can speak to it. Let's say for the sake of the argument that I am willing, without arguing about it, to accept, hypothetically, of course, to accept everything that you said about the study and to accept your argument of an increased risk of reactivation of shingles virus uh, during or post uh, SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. Let's say I accept that. So what? So to so, so advance the topic, so let's say I accept it for the sake of argument, hypothetically speaking. What is your 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 more gross argument about that? Go go ahead, help. Okay, if you allow me to talk, like I said, I, I brought the facts, I brought legitimate studies to the table, and I like to discuss them. And like I said, there's no ulterior motive here. You're not going to see me pitching supplements or you know, here's my affiliate link or or come sign up for some bullshit. I don't do any of that. It's just legitimate, you know, legitimate talk here. But in any event, uh. I just posted something else up to the jumbotron there. Herpes zoster. I posted, I posted the cohort study, and then I posted a meta analysis, both concluding the same thing: an increased risk of herpes zoster reactivation post COVID nineteen vaccination. The last link I put up was a pretty thorough review on the link between viral infections like herpes zoster and autoimmune diseases, and that's been well established for decades. You know, these viruses in some people can trigger autoimmune and chronic inflammatory disorders. That's a fact, right? That's supported by the research. Um, I just posted something else up to Jumbotron. Dr. John there is wrong. You know, herpes zoster can be a very dangerous virus. There's variables to disease presentation and the different inflammatory problems a virus like that can cause. It can cause encephalitis. It can cause meningitis. You know, things that can cause lifelong health complications, things that can be terminal. You know, you get a case of herpes zoster encephalitis, 
you're going to be in big trouble, even if you survive, right? So we've got COVID vaccines that they don't stop transmission of the targeted pathogen. That's a fact. You know, your, your, your benefit, you say, well, they reduce hospitalization rate. Okay, fine. You know, that research is reasonable, but they don't stop transmission. And in the same token, they significantly increase the likelihood of reactivating other viruses you're already carrying. Now, if we start talking about the mechanism be- behind that, you know, cell-mediated immunity, and what's that? 30 seconds. Okay. okay. If we start talking about the mechanism behind that, that's a very interesting discussion. How are these vaccines okay. doing that? Dr. John went into it a little bit, but anyway, the COVID vaccines don't stop transmission of COVID. They increase the likelihood of reactivating other viruses you're already carrying, Land. which increases, I'm landing right now, which increases the transmission rate. So if you reactivate herpes zoster, you can spread that to someone who's who, someone else. If you reactivate Epstein-Barr, you can spread that. If you reactivate herpes simplex, you can spread that. So what are these vaccines really doing here? Okay, so number one, cool. Number one, I'm going to make this rapid fire. Accepting everything that you said for the sake of argument, what is the risk? What is the actual risk of reactivation if you're vaccinated? Well, the cohort study, the cohort study, and it's not absolute. It's this is one study. It's a large cohort, though, over a million people in each group. It showed that the risk was double, nearly double. No, 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 no. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking you. That's all I'm asking. See, see, you're not. See, this is what we this is what we start talking about the unqualification. Listen to what I'm asking you. Go ahead. If the risk was one in a million and it goes to two in a million, it doubled. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you what the rate is. Like, how risky is it? It do one out of a hundred people, one out of ten thousand, one out of a hundred thousand. That's what I'm asking. The other study, the meta-analysis, shows that the rate of HZ reactivation, herpes zoster reactivation, was 14 per 1,000. For herpes simplex reactivation following COVID-19 vaccination, it was 16 hold per 1,000. Hold on, hold on. 16 per 1,000 in a group of people that already had herpes. Right. They were already carrying it. It was latent or dormant. They received the COVID right. vaccines and it right, reactivated on. the viruses. So that, hold on. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. So I'm going to ask you again. What is the rate of reactivation? Let me, let me rephrase the question. Maybe I'm not being clear. What is the rate of reactivation, the alleged reactivation, of herpes in the general population if you're vaccinated for COVID? That's what I'm asking you. There's no studies that that's it. That's, oh, you know, there's no study. Oh, well, of course. have you, are you going to do a study on the entire population? I don't have, that's, I don't have to do the study. You got to do the study. You're the one that's trying to tell me that people shouldn't get vaccinated because of reactivation of viruses. Well, are you going to do a study? Okay, fine. But it's not, that's not plausible. That's not feasible. You know that. No, 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 no. You just want you to say, okay, fine. You, so, so for example, what is the rate of, of uh, let, let's just make it easy. What's the rate of myocarditis and pericarditis from COVID? It's one in a thousand. I can clearly tell you what that is in the general population. It is age, age non-adjusted, it's one in a thousand. What's the rate in the general population age non-adjusted if you're vaccinated? It's one in 35,000. At the most common, it's one in 10,000. If we compare the risk, it is still less risky to get the vaccine and run the risk of getting myocarditis than it is for you to get myocarditis from the virus. 
herpes zoster, herpes zoster can cause myocarditis too. What's the rate of that? Stop it. Stop it. You're not listening. You're trying to. I made a legitimate point there. I am talking. I am talking. Listen to me. You cannot qualify for me the risk that you're trying to talk about. You cannot give me a rate of risk. You can't give me a rate, but you want me to stop a health measure of something that I can measure because of your harebrained hypothesis, right? The rate was 14 people per 1,000, according to the meta analysis. People that already had herpes. Well, right. You're, it's you're reactivation. Pretty- you're not, you're not. It's no, not no, a no, primary stop, infection. Stop, it's a stop, reactivation. Stop, 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 stop. See, this is what I'm talking about. Listen to me. You're not listening very well. Everybody in the population, you're not talking about a subset of population. You're talking about the population. You're telling us we shouldn't be vaccinating people. That's what you say. So that means that for you to make the statement that you're making right now, you have to be able to qualify the rate of whatever you're talking about. You can't do it. You want me... To, to, to not advocate for vaccination scientifically because you have a harebrained hypothesis about reactivation of viruses, the risk of which you cannot qualify with the source. That's the first problem. The second problem is you keep making a statement about it doesn't stop transmission. Let me ask you this. Now, what, let's see how disingenuous you are. Do SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccines slow transmission between unvaccinated and vaccinated people, who's more likely to spread the virus? From what I've read, I've read that the viral load inside the nasal passages of vaccinated versus unvaccinated was the same. That being said, if someone's symptomatic, they're more likely to self-quarantine. Provide a study, because that's a lie. I know what study you're talking about. Provide a study, that's a lie, what you just said. You lied. That's what I read, but, but, but back to the point here. No, no, no. Answer my question. You haven't answered my question yet. I I have a question for you. Simple. No, 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 you don't get to ask me a question over the top of my question. You get to answer my question. I'm asking you a question. Between the two groups, who spread SARS-CoV-2 at a higher rate? Unvaccinated or vaccinated? Very simple question. I would say vaccinated spread more. If if symptomatic presentation of... Good, 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 good. I'm glad you said that. The vaccine. So the claim is that vaccinated people or the vaccinated as a group who were taking a population approach, obviously, spread it more. Can you provide a source to that? Let me ask you this. I'm going to pose the same question you gave me. What's the rate for the entire population? Show me a study with every person in the world in it. Confirm it. No, sir. You're going to, I don't know why y'all always try to do this. I've asked you a question. Can you provide a source to what you said? About vaccinated people spreading it more than, uh, more than, unvaccinated we're getting off the topic here i wanted to hear your opinion on the research i brought to the table i don't care what you want to hear well you're deflecting you're deflecting i'm asking you a question and you're refusing to answer it because you are a liar you have told like three lies in two minutes i'm about to prove it right now can you please either do one of two things these are the only options that you have Option number one, you provide a study to shut me up and tell me that I'm full of shit and that the vaccinated actually spread it more as a group, which you and I both know is a lie. Or you can concede right now that you're a liar. Which one do you want to do? Which one? Let, let, let me know which one we're doing so I can know what's up. Those are the only two options you got. Which one Which one we doing? Either prove me wrong or accept you're a liar. Which one? You asked my opinion on something. I gave it to you. No, 
much. No, 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 no. But you have to have evidence to it. You don't just get to say it. I have to pull it out your ass, right? The evidence I provided, we're talking my my whole stance up here is talking about vaccine induced viral reactivation and the dangers that poses. But you I'm can't seem to talk you, about that. You can't address I'm that. Going to add, I've already addressed it. I've told you, and I'll, I'll tell I'll you again. Is it a problem? Is it a safety concern? Yes or no? That is a question for you to answer, not me. No, you're you're the PhD. No, 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 no. You're the you're PhD the professional. Now. Is no, it no, a no, safety hold on, concern? Hold on, hold on. You told me that I was living the bell curve, which is a book that stated that black people were dumber than white people genetically. Okay, so so now I'm a PhD when it suits you. You have made an argument. It is incumbent upon you to provide the evidence to your argument. I have asked you what the rate of reactivation, I'm using air quotes now, is in the general population, because that's going to that's what we're going to need in order to make a decision on the risk to benefit. Right. You have already proven that you cannot provide that statistic because it does not exist. It does not exist because the risk that you're talking about is completely fabricated and made up by you. You have no evidence to support it whatsoever. You cannot provide a single study that supports that, that, that argument. I've been asking you for the last 15 minutes to provide an, a statement to it. You can't do it. And you keep saying one over uh, or 15, 16 over 1,000, but you fail to, to tell the audience that that's in a group of people that already have herpes which is not a reflection of the general population. They already have discernible herpes symptoms in that, in that study. We've been through this already. So you're trying to deceive people with the stats. So I'm gonna ask you one more time. You made a statement and the statement that you made was, and I'm quoting you now, you said, the vaccinated group spread it more than the unvaccinated. Do you have a source to that? Yes, I have a source, here it is. No, I do not have a source. I'm talking out of my ass. Which one is it so we can move on? Thank you. No. You said no? I'm sorry, say it again. What, what did you say? I can hear you. What did you say? No, I don't have a source for that. Oh. Okay, but let's get back to what I'm... Let's get back no, no, to the research. Let's bring the facts. I posted a meta-analysis in a large... We're not going to just gloss over that. We're not going to just gloss over that, right? No, you don't have a source to what you just said. You just said some shit that you don't have any evidence to because you are a liar and you like to tell lies about things that you have no evidence to whatsoever. So let's make it clear to everybody listening that you, you tried to pull a fast one, talk out your ass, and then when I asked for the evidence and pressed you about it, you couldn't qualify. So, so now, before you continue, my second question to your original argument about herpes reactivation can do you have a source that provides a risk or the rate of reactivation in vaccinated people in the general population? Yes or no? You know, I posted a large cohort study. Let me let me speak. I'm no yes or no. It is a yes, a binary. Yes, I have it. Here it is. No, I don't have it. I'm full of shit. Which one is it? Yes or no? This is why no one wants to come on your spaces. That's fine. That's fine. I'm asking you. I, I know, right. bro. If I was like y'all, I wouldn't want to come in here either because I'm not gonna let y'all skate. I'm it's asking not, you. A it's question. not skate. It's reasonable discussion. That's all I'm asking for. I'm asking you a question. I'm gonna ask it again. Do you have the rate of reactivation? And I'm using air quotes here. Reactivation of herpes 
or any other virus in the general population for vaccinated people that have been vaccinated for SARS-CoV-2? Do you have a one per 1,000 or whatever rate of that happening? Yes or no? It was 14 per 1,000, according to the meta-analysis. That's a lie. It's not the general population. That's a population of people. That's a subset of people that were also much older than the general population. I'm going to ask you again. So so you're asking for a paper documenting every single person in the world that took the COVID vaccine. That's what you're saying? No, sir. That's not a requirement. The requirement would be for you to have a cohort-based study that incorporated unvaccinated and vaccinated individuals, neither of which have to or don't Which I provided. Which I provided. That's the very first link. I brought the facts and you're getting all tongue tied and you're trying to throw questions and curveballs because you can't address it. I'm going to ask you one more time and then we'll move on. I'm going to ask you one more time. Health. Do you have a study that shows the rate of reactivation? I'm using air quotes again because it's bullshit. Of viruses, namely herpes in the general population Yes or no? Let, let me see if I can clarify this question. So I'll give you a straight no, answer here, right? No. You're asking yes me no. if I have a study con- showing the reactivation rate of herpes viruses in the general population, meaning everyone. In, no, that's in, not what that means. What, what does it mean? Do you understand that there's no epidemiological study that incorporates the entire population of anything? Do you understand that I'm asking you to right, give me obviously. a rate from a cohort of individuals that is representative of the general population, which you have not done. Well, I gave you a large-scale cohort study on vaccinated versus unvaccinated, no, and no, the rate no, was no. nearly double. No, 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 That's no, no. Significant. But what is the rate, though? They don't give you a number, do they? Okay, and they don't. As Dr. John said, he said, "Yeah, this no. is a legitimate study, and no, this can stop. happen." Right. What? Stop it! You're you're deflecting. No, no, no. Will, I'm getting right to the point. You're deflecting. You're throwing these irrelevant questions. It's not irrelevant. I want you to demonstrate to me what the epidemiological risk is as a rate. Is it one over a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, a billion, a trillion, a trillion? What is the damn rate? Do you have a paper that tells us the rate in the general population? If you don't have that, then you're talking out of your ass because you cannot qualify the risk. The risk could be one for 20 million. If that's, it's the purpose, the- that's the purpose of the cohort study. It shows the vaccinated group versus the unvaccinated, and then it tracks them. And the risk of reactivation. Thank you, Hell. Thank you, Hell. Hey, Roran, it's on you. I'll give me one second. Uh, I'll just go through the queue. It's on you, bro. He's done. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, let's check with. Um... I know Dr. Priya came up, so let's check with Dr. Priya, and then we can go to Chrissy and go from there. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Good evening. So I, I, I had to take a call earlier, so my apologies if this has already been discussed. I know Dr. John was um, reviewing the paper and commenting on the fact that it should not be shocking to anybody with any medical knowledge whatsoever, which of course does not include health uncensored, um, that when there is an inflammatory response or a stress response that we do see shingles reactivate. But I just wanted to point out two things that, um, again, my apologies if, if Dr. John already addressed these. Dr. Copeland asked him about the demography. He asked him if it was age matched and um, health said, not only is it age matched, it's gender matched and it is not. It is neither age matched nor gender matched. 
the vaccinated group was older and they were older to the degree that they were in the age group that is more likely to have a shingles outbreak, right? They What's were over 50. I'm still speaking. They were over 50, which is when we actually recommend shingles vaccines to people because that's when your risk of a shingles outbreak increases. Show the study. Show me a, study, a large I, study. I feel, am I so audible? I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be. I'm sorry to be. Uh, a health. If you interrupt her one more time, I'm going to kick you out of here. You're going to have some decorum. Appreciate it. Uh, the best doc, please continue. I apologize for that bullshit outburst because he can't control himself with this study. It's bullshit. He can't read it. Uh, please go ahead, the best doc, and continue. Thank you. No, thank you. I mean, the main thing is I know that you guys are trying to get audio for for the podcast. And obviously, as you said, if people are talking over each other, nobody can hear it. So again, if you're over 50, you are at in the age group that is an increased risk. The other group was in their 40s. So they're in the lower risk group. But the other thing I want to point out is, uh, you know, when he first came on, what did he say? He said, how did he describe the study? He said, this study shows that if you're in the vaccinated group, your risk of a shingles outbreak is doubled that of those who are unvaccinated. So let's talk about what that actually means, because in the study, the difference is 0.11% in the unvaccinated group. And by the way, that is a presumed unvaccinated group, because all they did to characterize that group was people who came in for random other visits. 0.11% was that group. 0.2% was the vaccinated group. So yes, technically speaking, mathematically, that is nearly double. But again, as I like to say, when you take the text out of context, all you're left with is the con. And that's what he's attempting to do. Because a 0.2% risk of a shingles outbreak is nothing medically speaking, right? So this goes back to, again, when you don't have medical knowledge, you don't understand that something being statistically significant doesn't necessarily mean that something is clinically or medically significant. And while this study does have value because it does show us kind of what we would have already expected, that if you get vaccinated, just like if you have any other stress, including getting infected with COVID, you are more likely to have a shingles outbreak, especially if you are in an older age group, which was the case in this study, then it's nice to see that confirmed, right? It shows us that biology is the same. It shows us that our immune systems work in the same ways that we expect them to work. This is not earth shattering information. And by no stretch of the imagination is this remotely concerning, nor would this ever remotely rise to the uh, level of saying that this is a reason someone should not get vaccinated. And with that, I'll land. All I have to say is what the lady said, absolutely, 100%. And you can drop me down. No, 100% appreciate that. Thank you, DeVez. I really appreciate that. Uh, and if you could just take 10 seconds, uh, DeVez, Doc, and just tell people what your background is so when they play it back, they can kind of understand who it is that's speaking. Oh, sure. My apologies. So I am a triple board certified physician in pulmonary medicine, critical care medicine, and lifestyle medicine. I did my medical school at the Medical College of Georgia. I did my residency and my pulmonary critical care and lung transplant fellowship at Emory. I then went to Sydney and did a half year of ECMO and transplant fellowship there. 
Um, uh, the only reason that I'm not quadruple board certified is because I let my internal medicine board certification lapse, but that's what my residency training was in. Thanks. Thank you. 100% appreciate that. And thank you for the insight. 100% agree on all points. Really appreciate that. We're going to do it like this. We're going to go to Dr. Jonathan Laxton, then Dr. John, and then we'll go back to health, and then Chrissy in that order. Dr. Jonathan Laxton, please go ahead. Oh, thank you. I have three quick points. Number one, we've explained ad nauseum to Health Uncensored that the severe manifestations of herpes viruses and VZD happens with primary infection and not reactivation other than encephalitis. For his cohort study, they did match in the one group. However, there's a couple big issues. They took the unvaccinated cohort from 2019 all the way up to 2021, meaning a significant portion of that cohort was before the stress of the pandemic. And that could definitely result in the difference seen in between the two cohorts. The other big issue is they were only able to clarify whether they had HIV or other immune suppressing conditions in 600,000 people from each cohort. So they have no idea if they were balanced actually in immune suppressing conditions between the two cohorts in your cohort study. And that is actually listed in the limitations at the bottom of the study. My third point is about his so-called meta-analysis, which is not really a meta-analysis, it's a meta-analysis of cohort studies. And I have literally read the limitations to you before Health Uncensored. First, the number of cases that have been reported is inadequate to certainly ascertain the correlation between vaccines and herpes reactivation. Second, these findings are limited by not using the clinical trial design and lack of comparison between vaccinated and non-vaccinated participants. I have outlined this for you before and you just refuse to learn. Neither of these studies prove that there is a widespread reactivation of viruses from the COVID vaccines. And I'll land with that. Thank you, Dr. John. I appreciate that. Uh, we're now going to go to Dr. John and then we'll go back to Health Uncensored followed by Chrissy. Yeah, all my points have been made for me at this point. <laughs> Dr. Laxton covered everything I was about to say. No, fantastic. Thank you again, Dr. Uh, John Galaxy. Thank you, Dr. John. Appreciate it. Back to Health Uncensored. Health Uncensored, please go ahead. So uh, the veg, the veg, doctor. I provided a meta-analysis. I provided a large cohort study, okay? And you all agree that, yes, this is a risk factor with vaccines, but it's okay. It's kind of, you know, nothing to pay attention to. Yes, this can happen, right? Um, the question is, in my mind, is, is this happening as a result of natural immunosuppressive events, environmental events, let's say stress, trauma, this, that, the third, the things that are known to cause viral reactivations. Is it higher in, amongst those receiving vaccines versus those that aren't receiving vaccines? And according to the research that I posted, you know, it's a legitimate risk. And now the next question, you know, is, are these viruses involved in many, many different autoimmune and chronic inflammatory conditions? encephalitis, uh, Alzheimer's, um, MS, you know, and that answer is yes. Right. So I'm making a very legitimate no, point here. No, 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 no. You're not looking. And this is the problem that you have. Absolutely not. Now you've made another point that like the first point is unsubstantiated. What now you're trying to unsubstantiate Excuse me. Now you're trying to tell me that the etiological mechanism of Alzheimer's disease is not telepathy, but it's viruses. Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Well, yeah, that's based on current research. Sure. 
great, great. Keep, no, no, good, 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 good. Now I need a paper that shows me and listen to me real good. This is what I want to see. You're not going to be able to fucking wiggle your way out of this one because you just stepped in dog shit. I want you to find me a paper that shows that the primary mechanism of Alzheimer's disease is viral infection. Sure. Now, before, no, no, no. Before you do that, go ahead and tell the audience what is the what does conventional science say the etiological mechanism of Alzheimer's disease is? Well, when it comes to viral infections, here let, let me get no, this first. No, no, ain't got shit to do with viral infections. I'm gonna ask you again: What is the conventional wisdom on the etiological mechanism of, of Alzheimer's disease? Hang on one second. Let me get the study up for you so everybody can see. No, 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 no. You don't need a study for this. Listen to what I'm asking you. What does the field say Alzheimer's disease is caused by? I think it's caused by a chronic viral infection inside the brain. I would, I would hypothesize it's in the liver as well. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I'm going to keep, I am like a dog with a fucking bone. I'm going to ask you this question. I get a goddamn answer. I'm going to ask you a fourth. I think, I think I'm on number four now, if I'm not mistaken. And people can correct me uh, on, right. on the replay. Five. Thank you, sir. I'm on, I'm on number yeah, five. five, sir. So, so, so let's do it again. This is number five. What does the field of neurobiology, neurology, and Alzheimer's and dementia research say causes Alzheimer's disease? Not what you say. What does the field say? Well, you could take a look at the study I just posted up to the Jumbotron. The okay, okay. Wait, Ryan. The title of the study is Overwhelming Evidence for a Major Role. No, I, I just had to mute him because that, that wasn't the question. So he's still struggling. That's okay. Number six, number six. We'll, we'll get there. I got all night to you. So number six, what does the field say causes Alzheimer's disease? So here's how you're going to answer this. The field which I am in opposition to states as a collective group that Alzheimer's is caused by blank and they are wrong. Say that. What is that thing that they're wrong about? What does the field think causes Alzheimer's disease? I don't think there's a, a clear consensus by the quote-unquote field okay. as to okay. what causes okay. Alzheimer's disease. That's, that's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So, he, so for the audience, here's the answer. The answer is he doesn't know anything about Alzheimer's disease. He's doing what anti-vaxxers do. They oversimplify very, 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 very complex topics, right? They take a very complex topic like Alzheimer's disease and they distill it down to viruses cause Alzheimer's disease, right? And for those of you who don't know, the general consensus, and I'm no expert on Alzheimer's disease. Let me just put that out there right now. The consensus in the field as to the primary driver of, of Alzheimer's disease are tau aggregates, tauopathy, a structural protein that leaks out of those, or, or I'm not going to say leaks out of that's actually not appropriate, gets out of neuronal tissue as a scaffolding protein, and once it gets out, it can tangle upon itself. You do that shit for a few years, 
and it aggregates, it can cause Alzheimer's disease. There are other tyrosines as well that are not Alzheimer's disease, but for Alzheimer's disease, that's the conventional knowledge of what causes Alzheimer's. And that that's not causal. That's not causal. Excuse me. And, and I want people to also notice the inability to stay on mute when other people are talking. I have my own harebrained theory that I can't prove. I have a theory that anti-vaxxers lack impulse control because of some trauma that they suffered as a child. Can't prove that shit, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the right track. Anyway, the point that I'm making is that is the conventional wisdom as to what causes Alzheimer's disease. And I can not only state that, I will now get a paper to that and prove that in the nest in a, in a, in a moment. It won't take me 20 seconds to do. And in the interim, we can now hear health uncensored, the high school graduate turned scientist spit in the field, spit in the face of the entire field of neurobiology uh, with his uh, harebrained cockamamie theories he has no evidence to. Go, go ahead, health uncensored, please. Please bless us with your, with your knowledge. Alzheimer's is a great topic. Um, 16 years ago, um, there were some researchers who pointed to amyloid plaques and, and some other mechanisms behind Alzheimer's, and billions of dollars were spent by the NIH and by various groups researching this. And it turns out that all, all that research was deliberately manipulated. It was fraudulent research, and that was a fact. So for 16 be, years... Be, okay, be, be very... Provide evidence to that. Every, look, man, listen. Every time you say some shit like that, I'm going to ask you for some evidence. Do you have any evidence? See, it's, you see how it's piling up, the evidence that's required for you to make these arguments? Now I need you to prove to It's me in the Jumbotron. Okay, great. Oh, this is good. This is going to be good. This is 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 good. I posted another study showing how the title of the No, 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 no. I'm in the Jumbotron. I want you to read the source from where you got this from. Read it. Read the source. It's called Two Decades of Alzheimer's Research Based on Lives Wasted Millions of Dollars in Lives. I want you to read, I want you to tell people where you got this information from. Oh, you don't want to tell them? I'll tell them if you want. It's well established. It, it was it was it was broadly reported on mainstream media. That's not, that's, not that's not what I asked you. That's not what I asked you. I asked you to read the source where you got this from. What's the source of this of this article? That's one article. You can Google it right now. No, 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 no. I'm gonna ask you one more time, and I'm gonna answer for you. What is the source of the article? Oh, you don't want to tell. I, I, that's okay. I tell everybody. The source of the article is the Gulf Insider. Gulf insider.com now raise your hand if you've ever fucking heard of golfinsider.com that's what I thought you and, and here's what I want people to see I want people to see it this is why we do these ones I want people to see this shit and observe the delusion this man is talking about he has discovered in his mama's basement that Tau plaques and amyloidosis do not drive the progression of Alzheimer's disease, but viral infection does, even though we have drug candidates that have clinical trial data that show benefit that are based on the idea that that is in fact the case. We have mechanistic studies that show the same thing in models. 
But he has a, but, but but all that's to the side. We're gonna throw all that to the side because health uncensored in his omnipotence has now bestowed upon us the knowledge uh, that uh, viruses cause Alzheimer's disease. Reactivated viruses that are that are specifically reactivated by vaccines cause Alzheimer's disease. I mean, this, this shit is just wild, man. It's, it's just a wild set of claims. It's a wild set of claims, my G. Let, let, let's go like this. Let's do it like this. Let's go to the veg doc, because you did mention her directly. And then we'll go to Chrissy. And then we'll go to one of the Dr. Johns. Thank you. Yeah, I was just going to point out that, uh, you know, he tried to do the same thing, right? So he had three different physicians debunk his studies. I did one specifically, Dr. Laxton addressed all of them. Uh, and this has been done repeatedly on this particular topic. And then when he came off mic, he still characterized it as, I provided studies that show that if you get vaccinated, you are at much higher risk of developing shingles compared to the full population. That's not what he actually provided, as explained in great detail by Dr. Laxton. So again, this is like, it's like he's Teflon and facts just bounce off him. I've never met, there's like a slew of people on online that are just absolutely uneducable and it's not clear to me what that is, but I will say this. While I hope that he lives a long, happy life where he actually shuts up about vaccines, but a long, happy life, I do hope he donates his brain to science because I would really like to understand why he is unable to absorb new information. No, 100% agree to this, but 100% agree. It's, it's kind of fucking wild. Uh, let's go to Chrissy and then... We'll let the Dr. Johns duke it out to the death to see who talks next. I can't. I don't want to. I don't know who put the hand up first. So, so let, let, let's go to Chrissy, and then we'll go to one of the Dr. Johns. Thank you again. Um, so I'm bone to pick. Barbara, you're telling pregnant women, not pregnant people, not to get their vaccine. I love that. Can you please come up and defend your position? And FYI, that was really shitty of you because these vaccines keep the pregnant person alive so maybe the fetus can be alive barbara i'm calling you and jen i still you still see you're doing a lot of tweeting and, sh and shit talking come up and defend yourself i don't give a shit the fact that you're putting this different this information out there and tweeting it out is you're the problem you're a part of the problem so you got to come and defend your ass and your tweets or i'm sticking your tweets in the nest three Two, one. Barbara, you're gonna get. You're gonna put one of your anti-vaccine um, tweets in the in the nest to, to pregnant people. Sorry. About that. I, I would. I would love. No, no, I appreciate that, and I and I, I would love for Barbara to come up here and talk about that. I, I would love to see the data that that even insinuates that that's the case. I would love to see that. Okay, so, uh, so she's so, in that. So they. I don't want to gent misgender them. They are in the nest. She knew that two babies had died, but went on to tell pregnant mothers the vaccines were safe and effective. Didn't this woman, these women deserve to hear all their truths so they can make an informed decision? And mind you, she is quoting the ultra MAGA party with Naomi Wolf. So, Barbara, come on up. Thank you, Chrissy. Yep, Barbara, please come on up. I doubt that you will because you're a coward and you have no evidence or data, but uh, you are free to come up if you'd like. Uh, and then we'll go to one of the Dr. Johns, and uh, yep, we'll do it like that. 
my God. Chrissy, you're like the uh, hall monitor from hell when I was growing up. I'm scared. But uh, good job. I was just going to say the uh, the main mechanism, you're right, Dr. Copeland, it's not just the um, – it's basically glucose can't get into past the blood-brain barrier to exchange the amyloid out. So that's what happens is the amyloid and tau kind of congeal and make this plaque. So you said there's no – causal mechanism but that's a true mechanism but without the glucose going in you can't get out the amyloid uh, and that's why the tau protein conglomerates makes the big beta pleated sheet and all that nonsense but uh, that's that's the mechanism you're looking for thank you dr john 100 percent appreciate it and 100 percent agree um dr john uh, please go ahead yeah, so a couple points. One of them being on, I, I don't entirely understand how we got into the Alzheimer's thing, but the article that Health brought up, um, essentially it is that there was a, a very important study uh, from 30 years ago, I think it was, or maybe, no, 16, whatever. There was a study years ago, uh, and because of an issue with like uh, photographing uh, the role of the amyloid plaques, uh, may have been overstated and this is not an issue of like we completely misunderstand um alzheimer's because the study's findings were replicated over and over and over again but it may have uh inadvertently redirected some focus on alzheimer's treatments uh on one area without focusing on other areas like that's the main implication is that maybe alzheimer's research was overly focused on how do we get rid of the amyloid plaques and not the multifaceted nature of the disease? Um, more, but, but more importantly, I think the only thing I forgot about when it comes to covering uh, the study that Health originally brought up, which was about the risk of, um, of shingles from post-vaccination. So if you look at the study, the, the, the risk in the, uh, the, the risk basically goes from 0.11% to 0.2% is what they found, um, very simply put. So that's a it's an increase of yeah, almost, you know, almost uh, a uh, relative risk of two. It's like 1.8. So, but, but as was previously mentioned, uh, that's not a significant risk or a statistically significant increase in risk, but it's not a significant risk. And I think one way to illustrate the level of risk acceptance we have, I will ask health a quick question, which is, so I always think of everything from my view as an ER doctor, right? So health, if somebody comes into the emergency room with, uh, let's say, shortness of breath, just like mild shortness of breath, what do you think is the acceptable level of risk that I have to, that, that I can accept that they might have a blood clot in their lungs and I missed it. What do you think the risk as acceptable would be? I couldn't give you an answer on that. Just, just a guesstimate. I couldn't. I couldn't even give you a guesstimate. I'm, I'm not educated on that whatsoever. That's a, do you think if if the risk was greater than 02 percent, that would be high or low? I hate to give a question with a question, but what's the risk of COVID nineteen infection death rate among healthy people? What's that? What's that risk? What's that number? Well, it depends, but the well, no, no, based on based on research, what's that number? Answer no, 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 no. You're not, bro. He, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. You got. Hold on. He loves to do this. Hell, answer Dr. John's question. I'm just going to mute you anyway. 
You're going to answer the question. You're not going to just talk around the question because you don't want to talk about it. You're going to answer the question. So I'm going to mic. <laughs> what I do, you're going to do one of two things. You either answer the question or say nothing. Answer the question or say nothing, bro. Those are your You've options. talked around questions all Okay, so the answer is nothing. Cool. Go ahead, Dr. John. Please continue. The answer is about 1% for my for my the question I asked him. So if to recap, if somebody comes to the emergency room and they say I have shortness of breath, just that because it, it gets more detailed otherwise, but they come in and they say I have shortness of breath and I work them up and I have either a negative D dimer or I have a negative CT, I am actually willing to accept a 1% chance that I am wrong. Uh, and that is a general standard of care in emergency medicine is that we will accept a 1% chance that we're wrong. When I first learned that I went, wow, that's way higher than I would have expected because that is a diagnosis that is potentially deadly to people. That is a, uh, relatively, I don't know. It's not common cause it's not a common occurrence, but as causes of sudden cardiac arrest go, that's up there on the list of reasons why people, especially young, seemingly healthy people, come to the ER and cardiac arrest very high on the differential is do they have a blood clot in their lung? And the point of that exercise is to demonstrate that we accept higher risk for higher risk problems at times. You know, there's some risk that when you leave your house, you're going to get hit by a bus depending on where you live. There's risk that you uh, are going to be injured by your seatbelt instead of saved by your seatbelt. But these are acceptable risks because the reward is so much higher. And so in my situation in the ER, it's like, yeah, there's a 1% risk I'm wrong. But if I make everybody stay in the hospital just in case they have a blood clot in their lungs, I'm causing harm to them. I'm causing increased costs. There's a million reasons why that would be a really stupid thing to do. And so to answer his other question, though, about the risk of dying of COVID, uh, I will instead answer and say there are worse. First of all, there are worse things than death. And two, it depends. Depends what a healthy person has been exposed to, how many vaccinations, how many previous exposures to COVID, a little bit of luck. Do they or don't they have underlying health conditions they don't know about? Do they have underlying health conditions they do know about? Do they have family members who have maybe died of COVID? You see how long this list goes? Every single those same variables can be applied to herpes virus reactivation. Totally true. That's absolutely right. And I would say, you know, in terms of risk acceptance, not everybody knows what their risk is. But if you take the general risk of, let's say, my risk goes from 0.1% to 0.2%, I look at that and I say, all right, well, the risk of me getting sick, let alone dying of COVID is considerably higher than 0.2%. So, uh, and, and the risk of severe manifestation of the disease of COVID is astronomically higher than severe manifestation from shingles. One in three people is going to get shingles anyway. And almost all of them are going to be fine. But, you know, fine can come with post-herpetic neurology and all that stuff. But um, there's... Sorry, I don't know where this echo is coming from, but uh, the, you know, we, we accept some degree. That's the problem. Can you mute? Oh, I apologize. I didn't really realize I was unmuted. I apologize. Oh, here I thought it was my fault. Anyway, okay. 
So that was very distracting. But uh, bottom line is there's some degree of risk with everything we do. Risk of shingles after vaccination is almost certainly massively outweighed by the risk, uh, by the benefit of COVID vaccination for pretty much everybody. That's it. That's the main point I'm trying to get across. Well, I appreciate it, Dr. John. Again, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't realize I was unmuted. I apologize. No, no, I appreciate it, Dr. John. And uh, we'll, we'll go to the VEDS, Doc. And I think we're actually at the top of the hour, so we'll probably close this thing down soon. What do you think, Mr. Jokes? Fantastic. That sounds good. Okay, we'll go to the VEDS, Doc, and then we'll, we'll kind of wind this puppy down. Uh, go ahead, the VEDS, Doc, please. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say that that is a ridiculous comparison to ask about death from COVID versus shingles. That's a ridiculous comparison. But what we can talk about that would be reasonable to talk about is that one in one in four or one in five people will develop long COVID if they are infected with SARS-2 and that vaccination actually reduces that risk. So if you want to talk about a reasonable discussion to have, let's talk about the risk of long COVID versus the risk of shingles. Because as Dr. John just talked about, shingles is generally not fatal. So to compare it to whether or not something is fatal makes zero sense. But once again, if you have no medical background and no medical acumen and no scientific acumen, you would be foolish enough to try to make that comparison. Yep, agreed. And I think that's the main takeaway is that you're dealing with people who do not have the educational basis to even begin to make the conclusions that they're making, but they do it anyway. Because as I always say, they're, they're, they oversimplify things, right? These are people that don't think PCR works. They don't think viruses exist. If they think they exist, they think that they're doing things they're not doing. They, they just don't understand. They don't think evolution is real. Like, they, don't, they just don't get it. It's, just, it's a whole gambit of bullshit. That, that makes no sense. We've seen it all night for the last few hours now. I think we started this room at, what, 9.30, so 11 o'clock. We, we've had two plus hours of, of bullshit for the last, we, we haven't got a, sing, a single substantiated point all night. And we're never going to get one because all the stuff is made up. But uh, but on that note, I think it's time to wind this puppy down. We appreciate everybody coming out and, and speaking with us and uh, having a laugh or two about the stupidity that our dumbass anti-vaxxers uh, really appreciate. This, this will probably go on the podcast so, this, so everybody will be on the first episode of the Bring the Facts podcast. Yay! Fantastic! Um, but yep, so that's it. Mr. Just what you got? I got nothing, bro. All right, no, sounds good, sounds good. Okay, well, no, thanks, everybody. Really, really appreciate it. We're going to shut this puppy down. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Uh, look out for a post about the podcast. Uh, we will uh, put it up at some point, so uh, feel free to check it out. We'll shut this thing down in five, four, three, two, one. Peace.